0: Emerging technologies are transforming the healthcare industry as we know it. Investors, say hello to HTEC, a portfolio dedicated to capturing the significant growth potential of healthcare innovation. Learn more at roboglobal.com slash HTEC.
1: This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit voicesofwrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling.
2: ProRisuShop.com, your only source for authentic ProRisu merch straight from Japan. Translation extraordinaire Yatsumi has helped more than 300 fans all across the world purchase authentic merchandise, and now he's bringing that savings to you with over 300 items to choose from. ProRisuShop.com has the largest selection of New Japan and ProRusu merchandise you can't get anywhere else. Shirts, belts, trading cards, DVDs, and more from the biggest stars of Japan like Tanahashi, Okada, Nakamura, and of course, the Bullet Club. Get them all for the same price you would pay in Japan, with worldwide shipping starting at only 6 dollars For the very best in ProRisu merchandise across the world, the choice is clear, shop.com That's P-U-R-O-R-E-S-U-Shop.com. shop.com Yeah, you can be the greatest
0: Welcome once again to the Voice Wrestling Podcast. I'm Rich Gratch alongside as always, Mr. Joe Lands and Joe. This is yet another part of our Hall of Fame series, and this time we're welcoming another very special guest. But uh before I get started, Joe, how are you?
1: Rich, I am uh I am doing well. Uh Living the Life. You well, know, you know, I'm living the dream like everybody else is attempting <laughs> to do. So uh today we've got the Mexico category of the Observer Ballot as we work our way through each category with these podcasts. And we're joined today by wrestling historian, uh, former pro wrestler, even though he won't mention it because he's too humble. <laughs> uh, Matt Farmer is with us. Matt, how are you?
3: I'm doing great, guys. I'm glad you have me on the show today.
1: Yeah, we're, we're, we're happy to have you. And we're looking forward to breaking down this uh, this Mexico category because it's uh you know it's it's not completely foreign territory to us like maybe the European category or the or
0: Australia or the
1: Australian <laughs> slash South African slash Puerto Rico India. Uh, mis miscellaneous category so uh you know we, we we do have some lucha knowledge but 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 certainly you're gonna have mm-hmm. to help carry us through this one because uh you you were the chosen expert so uh but, before we before we get in and really dig into the ballot let's let's talk about you a little bit and your background Brown as a historian, and uh, how mm-hmm. long have you had a Hall of Fame ballot?
3: Um, boy, at least a good over 10 years. I, w- I would say probably since the late 90s. Maybe a few years after I-, I would say two, maybe two years after he started his initial run with it. I-, I think his first year or two, he had a smaller group of voters, and then the following years it grew from there.
1: So probably around 1998 1999 somewhere around that neighborhood um, yeah somewhere around there yeah now uh, now you're a pretty well-rounded guy in terms of, of your of knowing history and uh, being being pretty knowledgeable in all the categories do you vote across all six categories or do you, or, or what categories do you avoid if not
3: I, I, I do vote across every category I, I'm pretty um pretty well read as far as I I know at least enough to vote on every category. I would say that Um, some of the, some of the things that I do for like historical sakes is um, I, for, for years, probably 25 years or so I've had, I've been doing research on large crowds, you know, like if, if a large crowd was attended in, France or Germany or you know Africa or you know Zimbabwe 35 years ago 40 years ago I kind of I, I research that information try to find out as much about the show as possible who were the headliners what was behind the promotions of it how they got to that number and so that research has kind of led me all around the world and by doing so I've researched at least the basics of wrestling in most parts of the world so. I'm pretty well-versed in, you know, wrestling worldwide.
1: Would you agree that um, that that Mexico might be the hardest region to really research accurate drawing records? Do you find it that it's difficult uh, with Mexico to do that?
3: I think it is in some ways, because um, there, there's a lot of shows that weren't reported. Because, uh, you know, 20 years ago, there were so many cards, and we're talking weekly cards and bull rings that were drawing impressive numbers that weren't necessarily they, – they were reported on, but it, that wasn't something – it was almost a given that it was drawing well, so it wasn't reported on necessarily. But one thing about Mexico that is a lot better than in most countries is that their magazine coverage was very specific, very particular – And almost smart in some ways. So they do have a good record of their history.
1: Now, as far as this uh, Mexico category goes, you know, the big theme here year to year is nobody ever gets in. And it's it's an extremely deep category as a result because everyone's a strong contender with most Mm -hmm. people feel everyone's a strong contender with maybe the exception of Vampiro. But we'll, we'll get your opinion on him in a bit. Um, but with the exception of Ampiro, everyone else is considered a very strong contender, everybody seems yeah. to fall within thirty and fifty percent. But you know, you're you're a Mexico voter, so I'm going to make you responsible for all of them. What's wrong with you guys? How come you can't get anybody in? What,
0: <laughs> get it together! Come on! What, what's going
1: on in this I, category that's preventing people from get, from getting in?
3: I don't know. I, I would like to see. I think he's got an inconsistent voting pool of people. I, I don't know how many people he votes or I mean, how many voters he has in the category or how many people s- vote specifically. I-, I think in some ways it might be better if Dave said, hey, here's a hundred people that I know that know Mexico and send those ballots to just those hundred people specifically, you know, and because I think sometimes when he sends out these random votes, I, I think in some ways, though, I-, I don't know for a fact, but I think that kind of Hurt counts or hurts the guys, I I would assume. You know, I I don't know how.
1: I think what may be happening and what you might be trying to get at here is like, okay, I, I can speak to myself specifically. I vote United States, Canada, and Japan, and that's it. Those are the only two categories mm-hmm. I vote because even though I'm well versed on certain individual candidates from the other from the other regions, I know yeah. that I'm not knowledgeable enough in full to responsibly vote in the category and you know, I don't want to drag down the percentages of people that I'm just not familiar with, so I just stay away. So what I think may be happening is, you know, other people may take a look at the ballot and may not be as careful and just say, "Hey, you know what? You know, I really liked a bunch of Blue Panther matches in the early 90s. I'm going to throw a vote at him." But then what that does is it drags everybody else's percentage down.
0: Mm-hmm. Or you mentioned on another podcast as well, where, Oh, I've heard of La Parca, or I remember WCW La Parca. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. you know, people that maybe, you know, are just seeing the names. And they might recognize some of the names that are in there from, you know, just watching Americans. And, and that's, you know, only scratching the surface of what's, you know, <laughs> what really that category entails.
3: Exactly. I, I agree with that. And I, I think that, um, hurting the category, I think it hurts the categories. And I think it hurts the other categories as well too. Like, uh, the Caribbean or Europe or, you know, we have, uh, I, I've spoken to people that are really knowledgeable on Europe. They don't vote, you know, it, but I, I think some of our votes are dragging theirs down, their guys down. So yeah, it's funny. It,
1: yeah, it's funny you mentioned Caribbean because I don't, I don't know if, 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 if you've heard my personal uh, story with that, but you know, I, I want to vote for Cologne every year. But the reason yeah. I don't is I refuse to vote in that category because I couldn't tell you the first, second, or third thing about somebody like Mario Milano from Australia. So I I stay away, and I yeah. you know that that definitely hurts Cologne. I mean, last year I mean I, you know I, he he may have gotten in if I had voted for him. He missed by about
0: one. no no he would have gotten in. Yeah. No, don't don't sure, it. You were the reason. Chris Harrington. Yeah, he not he? may have gotten in. No he yeah he, it, it was found that one vote short. So. Was, yeah that's last year. Yeah Mookie did the math
1: and. <laughs> it was you don't don't shoot I, had him, I <laughs> had him on the ballot and I took him off at the 11th hour because I felt bad about not voting for the up and uh <laughs> so, and, so he didn't so he ended up not getting in by the one vote and you know wow. that you know, you know so that that
0: <laughs> guys, so if you want to leave now, Matt, it's okay. It's, I mean, if it's, it's yeah. all my
1: fault apparently, but uh, all, be, all because I didn't want to drag Mario Milano from twelve percent to a. a 10%. <laughs> right. but, uh, so I, I may be yeah. adjusting that strategy this year, but along those lines, I mean, you know, now we're to the point where there's a very strong candidate on this Mexican ballot who's in danger of falling off, and that's Cm Karas.
3: Because yeah, and that's the guy that I. I personally pushed for Cien uh, for, geez, probably a good seven or eight years now. Um, I even pushed him in a tag team scene because his, his with his his brothers as the as the Dynamite Brothers, those guys were amazing draws in the early '90s, late '80s. You know, they were huge, just massive draws. You know, and Cien alone. I mean, we're talking about a guy who, along with Conan, set. You know, the attendance record in Mexico, we're talking about a city that has thousands of of shows a year, you know? And uh, it, it's just, to me, it's kind of baffling that a guy like that doesn't get looked at, you know? And if you compare him to other people on the ballot. He,
1: he's not even close either, 45% last year. And mm-hmm, Rich, yeah. didn't you have a stat? He did well in a certain...
0: Yeah, he he was sixth among reporters in last year's voting, which I thought was was, was fairly interesting. And I think you know my sort of question to, to you about him, and and obviously we have this new rule with the the observer that we've you know we've mentioned. And it's it's a much publicized you know new rule that you know that and Secaris is one of the, or he's one of the ones that's sort of on that list of you know if he's not you know, if he doesn't get over fifty percent, he's off the ballot. And and that yeah. you know last year he got forty five percent in your mind maybe this is kind of a two part question in your mind will he get over that threshold of 50% and stay on the ballot and then maybe to the second part of that question if this rule was not in place do you think he would have gotten to that level or do you think there's now people that are like oh crap you know we can't let him be under that threshold again this year
3: I think he'll do I think in certain categories he'll do well again probably like the historical you know the historians and the reporters but I don't know if he'll do as well in the other categories, you know?
1: Why don't, why don't you think he does as well with wrestlers?
3: Because I don't know the number of wrestlers that he has voting on the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. How many of them actually represent Mexico?
0: Sure. You know, and not just a, you know, a group of maybe American guys that he's familiar with or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it is very fascinating.
3: And it could even be a few Americans that have spent some time in Mexico, but you know, if they're not, if, if they're there just working and they don't know anything about the history of the business or the companies or, you know, things like that, they're not going to know anything about seeing Karras because he, he's not working there now, you know. Um, but, you know, I, I t- I've i talked to Conan before and he's like, of course he's pro Sean Karras because they drew the record gate together, but he's like, you know, he should be a, a shoe-in, you know. And Conan's a guy that knows Lucha history, at least, you know, Current, you know, recent history in the last 30, 40 years, he, he knows the history pretty well. So he's a good judge of it as far as a, a, a current wrestler. But I, I just don't think there's a, enough wrestlers out there that vote that know enough about
0: Murko. Mm-hmm. In, in your mind, maybe your prediction, does he stay on the ballot after this year?
3: Um, unfortunately, no, I don't think he will. I, unless, oh, okay. there's a, unless there's a late push for him, which I see some. You know, just by reading Twitter or message boards um, from the voters, there they might he might get some more sympathy votes or people that have finally came to realize his career. You know, um, but I I don't I don't see him, see him sticking around.
1: I think the new rule is sort of uncharted territory because we don't have any uh, history to draw off of because the rule has just been put in place this year. We really it's, we don't know what kind of a push it's going to give the 15 candidates who are on the chopping block. We just don't know. I think after this year, we'll have a better idea moving forward what that being on the chopping block sort of does in terms of giving guys an extra push. It's just, it's like I said, it's uncharted territory. It's impossible for us to really handicap that because we, we, we haven't seen this before.
3: Exactly. Yeah. You know, it, like what we've seen a big push for um, like Volcon and Rockwell Express this year, because they're on the chopping block too. You know, people are kind of trying to get a, a leg push for those guys to get in. So it, it's going to be interesting, you
1: know, Sure. Let let's get this guy out of the way because I brought him up already, and he's generally considered the weakest candidate, and he he usually has the lowest voting totals in the region. And that's Vampiro. Are you one of these guys who sees him as a weak candidate, or are you someone who uh, who votes for him?
3: Uh, I wouldn't vote for him, but I don't have a problem with people that would vote for him. I think the people that vote for the Ultimate Warrior should rightfully vote for Vampiro. You know, um, that makes sense. Sure yeah but in some ways he's a stronger candidate than Ultimate Warrior because he had more he has more longevity as a draw, not necessarily, you know he's in and out of Mexico, but when he comes back, he's a legitimate drawing card, you know?
1: I would say he, too, with my limited knowledge, I would say that he's a stronger draw, you know, outside of WrestleMania Six, um, I would say that Vampiro is a stronger overall draw than Ultimate Warrior. You think that's fair to say?
3: I would say so. Yes, yes, definitely. Um, As far as consistent night in night out business, he was he was really strong for a good three, four years, and he was doing really good business for a company that wasn't doing well either. Um, You know, when he stayed with EMLL, when AAA was getting so hot, he was the reason why EMLL kept their numbers up. You know, in in a lot of their markets.
1: Sure. Now. Are you a guy who is public with your ballot, or do you like to keep your ballot secret?
3: I have went public before. It doesn't matter to me. I, I'm not really a secretive type of person. Okay, so um, we
1: don't have to we don't have to be sneaky with you to try to. Get it out no, no. It,
3: I, I have not. I have not decided who I'm voting for yet this year. 100. percent I haven't even written down my ballot yet. I, I like to take a little bit of time and think about them.
1: Yeah, especially in your situation where you're voting the entire ballot. I mean that I have, it's enough of a challenge just focusing on two categories. I couldn't imagine the stress levels I would go through, uh, trying to narrow down 10 guys across the entire ballot. I honestly don't know how you guys who do that are able to narrow it down because like many people are saying, you could argue that there's 10 solid candidates in Mexico alone.
3: Yes. And, And see myself personally, I believe most of my votes like last year, Probably 90% of my votes will be for out of the out of um, what the the U.S. or Canada, you know. They'll probably take place mostly in Mexico, Europe, and the Caribbean because I feel that those are like the least represented, mm-hmm. you know, not the most overlooked. I couldn't vote for a guy like I couldn't place a vote for Edge while I see a guy like Carlos Colon still on the ballot. To me, it's it baffles my mind that. You know that a guy as strong as Cologne is on there. That's yeah,
0: because of Joe. <laughs> yeah,
3: you know, and it, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. I. He I, I, shouldn't I come just, down I, to one vote. That's I yeah. just can't see it. You know, it's like I, I, I just like hey, let's vote for a guy who was number one for twenty years and drew all these record stadium gates, or let's vote for a guy who was maybe top four, or five, maybe top two, th- maybe you know guy in the company for a while.
1: For the record, Rich, I abstained. (laughs) I abstained from the miscellaneous category, and I do not vote for Edge. Uh, He's one of the first names I eliminate if we're. uh, No, no, I know. I meant. I'm defending (laughs) myself, Rich. Yeah, no, you're Uh, good. Uh (laughs) Go ahead, Rich.
0: No, I was going to say, we, we talked about Vampiro, so we'll get out of the uh, – the, for just our American viewers that might only know <laughs> Mexico through WCW, we'll talk uh, L.A. Park here. He dropped a little bit uh, from 53 in 2012 to 46 last year. Do you see this as a thing where he's going to continue to plummet, or is it something where it just so happened that that year he kind of went down? Because he's a guy who's still, in a way, kind of still building his resume, but he might – it might be a little while until he's really solidified one way or another, Correct.
3: Yeah, you know, I don't see, I don't see them. Vamp- I, I, I'm sorry. I don't see Park. Um, I don't see his part going, his career increasing anymore. Uh, you know, <laughs> I think he's, he's now a, uh, uh, you know, one of these older vets who works the independent scene and that's where he's going to remain. You know, I don't see AAA being very interested in working with him too much. I don't see CMLO interested in working with him at all. And so I don't see, you know, I don't see him doing a lot more in his career, as far as in you know major business.
1: I think um, a, I think a big problem with Park too is is you know he peaked at fifty three percent in two thousand twelve, and he really had a really good year in two thousand twelve. So I think that's why he peaked in that particular year. So uh, yes. unless he has some more years like that in him, which you don't sound too uh, bullish on, uh, then I then I tend to agree with you.
3: Yeah, and unless he decides to to humble himself and go and like do a huge program that leads to him dropping as massive as massive business, I don't see it. You know, um, I he's to me he's a borderline case. I, I don't think I, I'm going to vote for him this year just because I don't see that. Um, I don't know. It's hard to explain. I don't see. I don't. I see him in some business that he did really well with but there was a lot of times throughout his career where he was working in the independent scene, and so he was just there, you know. He wasn't a huge impact player. And there was only a short period of time where he was the number one guy, too, you know.
1: Dr. Wagner Jr., uh, too soon or not strong enough of a resume? What do you think?
3: Um, I think – I, I would like to see like, uh, maybe a little too soon. I like to see guys more towards the end of their career. Um, you know, when you could look in hindsight of their career, you know, I, I think there's a lot more to come with Dr. Wagner Jr.
1: As far as, as I, what I tell you, did I, this is the voices of the Wrestling dog, podcast yeah, where there if, there, if there is not a, if there is not a dog attack, uh, we have not had a full podcast, but uh, Ultimo Guerrero. Now, Here's an interesting guy. We talked about this when we had Bix on uh, talking Hall of Fame. He's new to the ballot this year, and conveniently enough, he has a very huge show coming up. Uh, we're recording yeah. this on the we're recording this on the 18th, two days before the show. But do you feel like because you know there's precedent here because it, it, last year Atlantis' numbers jumped off the strength of of the anniversary show, and the same thing can happen here with Ultimo Guerrero, where if they do a gigantic gate. And he has a great match, and and it ends up being a historic show. That's perfect timing for the voters. Uh, What's your feel on Ultimo Guerrero right now? Do you think he has a legitimate chance of getting in, especially if the show coming up in two days is a success?
3: I I think he's got a good chance because I think a lot of the voters that voted in these categories are newer fans. And so he's kind of like the legendary wrestler for the newer fans, you know, he's the guy that's been around for 15 years that, you know, some of the newer fans are, you know, they're like, Oh, this is a staple of Mexico. Um, I'm, i am personally kind of like he's in the Dr. Wagner jr. Category to me where I'm going to wait and see how his career turns out, because if he does draw a huge gate, um, drops his mask and then which I you know I don't think is going to happen but you know he drops his mask and then he falls off the face of the earth well then I, I wouldn't vote for him you know I'd like to see I'd like to see maybe wait five years to see how his career is before voting for Guerrero
1: Rich I hate to put you on the spot but do you happen to have those Atlantis numbers the huge jump? Yeah,
0: yeah. Let me let me get that up for you real quick. Yeah, well, uh, it, it, it yeah, was me... very
1: interesting, and you know that we we talked about it with Bix, where uh, you know Atlantis's numbers took a huge increase. Um, uh, I believe yeah. it was uh, twelve to thirteen in terms of uh, the votes he got. Just you know, based on uh, the success, we think because really, what else, what what else would have prompted such a huge jump in percentage? So, uh, yeah, I... there's really no, no, no other reason. I mean, nothing else significant happened.
0: All right, let me. I uh, got it right now. Yeah, he went from uh, he was in 2012, he was 38, and then he went to 62% last year to get him in. So, yeah, yeah
1: pretty that's high. <laughs> yeah. That's one of the yeah, heftiest jumps to. we've ever seen, sure.
3: Yeah, it had to have been that match because he didn't do anything else the whole year. Yeah, that's
1: you know? what I mean. There's nothing else there to, <laughs> yeah. to, there's, to argue, you know, that why he would increase so much. So yeah. uh, it, it makes you think that whoever's voting Mexico. Um, the CMLL anniversary show, which is conveniently timed, you know, in mid-September every year, it's almost perfect timing for whoever's yeah. on top in that show. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, uh, but he's a guy you're going to wait and see on.
3: He is, yeah, because like, like, take a guy like Atlantis. You know, Atlantis has been in the business since the early '80s. He's got 30 years in. You know, guerrero, Ultimo guerrero has got 20 years in. And, you know, that's a long, long longevity wise that's a good amount of time but he's only been a star for you know a top guy for probably 10 12 years so i kind of like to see i I like to vote judge guys more towards the latter end of their career than um more towards the middle of their career you know and and luchadors usually have a long career so
0: Sure. One guy that was kind of interesting when we are speaking of sort of the in-between route is uh, Hector Garza, who made his uh, debut last year on the ballot and actually got an impressive 32% to start off. Yeah. What is sort of your prediction maybe in the, in the next five years of where he sort of goes? Do you think he rises? Does he kind of stay where he's at? Or is it just kind of hard to predict without knowing you know, you know, where, you know, what route it's going to take?
3: Unless Garza gets the votes from his peers, I, I don't see him staying on the ballot. You know, I, I don't see him as a strong enough career to be if for like for the reporters and historians to keep him on the ballot. So you'd have to get it from his peers. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't see him as a Hall of Famer. Did he did he
1: pass away before or after the voting last year? Because I wonder. Before, right? Yeah, let me let me so if up. it up. If it was before, then he already got the quote unquote death bump.
0: Yeah, it was May twenty sixth that is when he passed yeah. away. So yeah, that would be yeah. So it'd be before. So yeah,
3: yeah, be, I, I, yeah. I remember sitting and thinking last year that he got the the bump. He got was due to his passing. Mm-hmm. Away, you know, so
0: because it is a pretty high percent for a guy that that you don't really hear too many people ever mention him in the conversation really. So yeah, I, I doubt, I mean, there's not like there's going to be a bunch of new research that comes out about him or anything like that. I think we pretty well know. So your guess would be, we might just see kind of diminishing returns from here on out.
3: Yeah. I don't see him as a hall of famer. Right. Mm-hmm. He was good. You know, he, he had his good little runs, but yeah, I, I don't see him as a hall of famer. He definitely, I don't even recall him ever being the top guy in Mexico, you know? Um, he was kind of like the Latin lover for a while, but he was, like Latin lover, but maybe not quite as over.
1: Do you, so you, do you see him as a weaker candidate than Vampiro?
3: I do. Yes, definitely. Yeah. He doesn't have that. He doesn't have that run of just massive rock star business that Vampiro had, you know, I mean, Vampiro for people that aren't familiar with him, you know, he got on the scene and right from his debut, he was like the guy, you know, he was, he had like a Goldberg run, you know, right when, it, but sooner, you know. So I mean, he was he he was over within two, three weeks, four weeks of appearing, you know. So he had a huge, massive run the first few years of his career.
1: So let's talk about some candidates who we can sort of look back on because their careers are either very much in the twilight or 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 clearly have peaked. Uh, a long time ago. Um, what yeah. about the, the two trios uh, that Dave added? Most people seem to think that they may be two of the strongest candidates overall on the ballot.
3: Yes, I, I've been pushing and I maybe this is why they were put on the ballot because I've been pushing for it myself personally with Dave and with others. But the deaf missionaries, which is uh, El Nigro Negro Nav- Navarro, and Tejano, those guys are the reasons why trios matches are so popular in Mexico today. Um, you know, they, they were the reasons why the Brazos were created. Um, the Volanos, you know, those guys came off of the success of the death missionaries because they were so over, you know, um, from 80, I would say from 1980 to like 87 they were probably the top trio. There was a time where they, where they had a little replacement of one of the guys, but from like 80 to say 83, 84, they were easily the number one trios in Mexico and we're talking about huge gates, you know, drawing 20,000 people. So, I mean, they they definitely deserve to be in.
1: So you, you see them as a, in your eyes as a stone-cold lock?
3: They should be, yes.
1: They what, should. what about the, I, Brazo, I, the Brazos as well or no?
3: The Brazos. Um, I don't see them as the the major stars as the missionaries, just because um, they spent so much time doing comedy later on in their careers. You know, um, they had a good, strong two three year run. They were an awesome team, um, and I, I I I'm not sure if I'm going to vote for them or yet. I don't know. Um, they're kind of like a borderline pick for me whereas the other three, they're, to me, they're locks. They should have been in before the Freebirds.
1: Interesting. Interesting stuff. Now, uh, yeah. some other veterans on here. We got Blue Panther, who always seems to float around that 30 40% range. Um, in your eyes, is he more of a work rate candidate, which, as we've seen over the years, it's very hard to get in as a work rate candidate, or does he have a, a drawing record that maybe I'm not aware of that you'd like to speak to?
3: He... He's more of a work rate guy. He did have a couple, like his, he had a good run with Love Machine that drew some impressive business, that did impressive business. Um, but the business was so hot at the time, too, so it's hard to say that these two, you know, that, that, um, Art Bar and Blue Panther were the main reasons why business was so hot. Um, they did set some records. So, um, you know, that would, it's hard to see. To me, Blue Panther is almost like Dick Murdoch, where he's a guy that all the boys respect as being a great worker. But he also worked a lot at mid cards. He's almost like uh, an Arn Anderson or a Dick Murdoch, where he just kind of, he was in the mix, but he wasn't the reason for the run. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, it's an interesting comparison. I think you know. he he also had a pretty high jump on the heels of a
0: lot of you know a big year last year, and he's done not a you know not a, a lot since then. Or, or do you see him sort of maintaining that forty one percent, or do you see it going up or down, or wh- what's sort of your future prediction for his you know his rate?
3: I, I think he's going to stay about the same. I think there's some stronger candidates in Mexico that will get the attention first, but. Uh, he's a guy that should be a strong borderline candidate for years to come. I, I wouldn't have a problem voting for him, um, especially if you watch his runs with Art Bar. They were awesome. You know, drew huge money, drew a record in Guadalajara, um, you know, where they turned away thousands of people. Uh, so uh, I wouldn't have a problem voting for him. But uh, I think there are a few, there, to me, there's a few stronger candidates in, in Mexico right now.
1: Talk about Carlo Flagar. This is a guy that, I personally, I don't know very much about at all. And, you know, he had the highest percentage last year in Mexico of guys who didn't get in. So um, speak to him a little bit.
3: Um, he was a star in the 60s. Um, probably his biggest run was as a tag team called Los Rebels, like the Rebels, pretty much, in, in American or in English, the Rebels. Um, Carlos uh, and his partner, uh, Rene Guadalajara, they were the top heels for probably a good 10 years, um, as like the top heel tag team. They had huge runs with Santo and Blue Demon, um, you know, and uh, all the other baby faces. They they did huge business working against each other. Uh, I, I think he deserves to be, and he's a he was a top guy.
1: For it sure. looked like he. It looked like he headlined a few anniversary shows too. As I'm um, uh, leafing through some records, as as a single, uh, you know, not even as a part of his tag team. So, uh, it, so it, you you think it's it's justified that he does so well and that he's come close as uh, many times as he has?
3: Yeah, he's the guy that I voted for myself personally. I believe in the last two to three years, um, his partner got in a few years ago. I think it's time for him to get in. He did excellent business he was very well respected um he was one of those guys that was a non-math door, mostly working as a rudo but he did work as a you know as a technical for some time but he had he did tremendous business and i, I think he definitely deserves to be in same with hurricane ramirez i think ramirez you know, if you talk to anybody in Mexico that was a fan of luchador, of, of wrestling in the 60s, they know who Hurricane is.
0: And, and he made, it's interesting you mentioned his name, and I'm glad you did. He's the guy that, that when looking at figures and doing year-by-year year dates, he, I mean, that guy, he was 40% in 2012, and then he fell all the way to 19% last year. Who, who, who was most responsible for that, or what, what? You know, what was most responsible for that?
3: you know, I don't know. um,
0: I mean, that's huge. I mean, that's like, I mean, I don't know how forty percent, and then all of a sudden it's just I, I, it's very. I mean, I, of all the ones I've seen, it's
3: the most rapid drop I've seen. He could
1: easily I, fall I, below ten at that, right. at that rate.
3: yeah, um, I you know, I'm not sure exactly. it could have been um geez, it it could have been you know, due to something being written about him, um I'm not sure. I. I I don't recall the time frame of why he got that huge bump at the time, but I recall, you know, I recall voting for him myself. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure.
1: It's sort of crazy because if you look up and down uh, the Mexico ballot, there's no huge jumps for anybody else. So I'm not sure who's taking votes away. Everyone's pretty steady on this ballot. Everyone is sort of stays in that 30 to 40 percent range, and no one ever gets in. Um, yeah. and for, for some reason he dropped 21%, which is, I mean, I, I guess it's just, maybe it's just a matter of, you know, his, we're getting further and further from, from his prime and, and, and when he was a star and maybe people who were voting for him in the past, uh, have passed away or just no longer interested in voting. I mean, who knows? Uh, yeah. but yeah, that is a very curious drop. Um. As far as I think we've covered everybody individually. Oh, oh, Viano three is a guy we haven't talked yes, about. Yeah. So, and he's another guy who seems to be, you know, right on that cusp. always in the forties.
3: Yeah, you know, he's a guy that I, I'm kind of surprised. I'm actually shocked that he wasn't voted in years ago, especially all of his success. Um, you know, in 2000, when him and Atlantis had that awesome uh, mask versus mask match, I figured that he was going to get voted in that year. Um, just because here was the aging veteran coming back and having this, I, I believe it was even matched the year that year. It was, it was, yeah. in, in the Observer, you know, and they did huge business. So I think they did like a $400,000 gate, which is huge in Mexico. And, um, you know, I, I figured he was going to get voted in there. I, I'm surprised he has not been voted in yet because he was definitely big enough star, excellent worker, you know, Um, has had a laundry list of great matches, and yeah, he's a guy that should be in.
1: All right, so we've gone over everybody individually. Um, Now that we've done that, and you said you haven't really settled on your ballot yet, um, Mm -hmm. who from this Mexico category are you seriously considering voting for at this point?
3: Um, You know, from Mexico right now, I'm going to vote for the missionaries. Um, I will vote for I will vote for uh, Carlos Legrade and I will vote for um, Delano three. So I, I may vote for one other, um, probably Hurricane Ramirez. So those will be my five that I'll vote for. So that just – that really speaks
1: to the strength of the category because you're voting on the entire ballot, and half of your votes (laughs) – half of your votes are going towards uh, Lucha candidates. Uh, You know, And
3: and I know that I might switch that up a little bit, but I I also feel that Mexico – and I've said it for years – I felt that Mexico was one of the more uh, neglected countries as far as Hall of Famers in the Hall of Fame because – I, you know, they have such a rich history and they keep, they keep control of their history and they, they, you know, it's easier to read something about a luchador, um, historical than it is in the U S in some ways, you know, they, they've yeah, done I, a good I, job of keep, of keeping their history.
1: I think there's no question that it's underrepresented and it's, it's, you know, even in the, uh, the observer year end awards, it's, consistently underrepresented in, 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 awards voting and things of that nature too. So there's no question about yes. it. I don't think people can blame you for this hall of fame deal because I mean, you're using half your votes at minimum, um, on this yeah. category, yeah. which is, which is pretty significant. Um, who do you see? I think Hector Garza would, you've been pretty clear on that one. Is there anybody else who you automatically disregard or, or you feel is, is too weak to even
3: consider? Um, I, I won't I probably won't be voting for any any of the younger guys, which and what I mean by younger guys is probably guys that have been in the business for the last twenty years. Um, I mean as far as that that started within the last twenty years. Guys like maybe Van a Vampiro or a Blue Panther or well actually Blue Panther's been in a long time, sorry. Um, maybe like a vampiro, maybe like Hector Garza, um, Ultimo Guerrero. Just because like, you know, we talked about I feel I'd like to see a little more distance there in their careers. You know, yeah, I think those sure. guys are all capable of having another Hall of Fame run. So, um, you know, to cement their their inclusion in the Hall of Fame, and I'd like to use some of those other votes for the other categories too.
0: Sort of building off that last question, is there anybody on this category, you know, we've sort of mentioned here that there's always a, just, you know, everybody just kind of floats in the same little space. Is there anybody who has any chance of falling off the ballot? Uh, unless, of course, Caras, who, who if he doesn't get the threshold, anybody outside of him that you see falling off uh, uh, Hector Garza or a- anybody else,
3: really? Um, maybe the Brazos. Really? Puzzles might. Yeah,
0: because yeah. we've heard we've heard others that had them as shoe ins. Like, yes, yeah, so really? that's, that's, yeah. that's fascinating. Yeah,
3: yeah, I, I don't see how they would be considered as shoe ins. You know, I I respectfully disagree that they wouldn't be shoe ins. Um, but you know, I I don't see them as hall of famers necessarily. Um, let's see who else. Hector Garza maybe might drop off. I think the sympathy votes from his death. You know, there's been enough time now to where those will probably fall. He'll probably fall off.
1: Do you, can you think of anybody? Maybe this year, after a couple guys fall off, hopefully, maybe after some of these guys get in, are there are there any more blatant uh, 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 candidates who who have never been on the ballot or maybe have fallen off who you think deserve to be on uh, the Mexican ballot, assuming that there's some space that opens up.
3: You know, there's a couple. Early historical, like, like early guys in lucha libre's history, that I think should be looked at. Um, like, um, uh, I forgot his, forgot how to pronounce his name. Uh, Mer- Mer- Merciologo Velagut Velasquez. Vel- Vel- Vel-
0: Vel- don't worry, Mr. we're not gonna right? correct you. Yeah, we are not gonna be the ones to correct <laughs> yeah. you. That sounds good to me. You're, yeah. you're,
1: you're, you're <laughs> no worse than we <laughs> are with the with the lucha <laughs> pronunciations.
3: Don't worry about it. I'm here. I was hiccuping at the same time, so I didn't wanna. Screw it up, no we uh, I, yeah
0: we would I wouldn't know ever if you got a name wrong so you're yeah
3: good. so I think he, I think he's got a strong case he was a big star huge you know huge star probably and probably the reason why the mask matches or and the mask match has become such a staple in Mexico I think he should he should get back on the ballot um, uh, off the top of my head I can't think of anybody else but I know there's got to be guys out there because they have such a long history.
1: Who are some of the best draws that are on the ballot right now out of these people? Who who were who are maybe the top two or three draws in Mexico? Um, yeah, on the current ballot.
3: Easily the missionaries, deaf the missionaries. They had a just a remarkable run. Um you know, they were credited with they they were in a in a in a trios match with El Santo when El Santo had a heart attack and he was rushed to the hospital and um you know, survived, but the death missionaries were the ones that were given credit for that heart attack. And once that happened, they became like the top Rudos in the country, along with Pero Aguayo. And from there, they just skyrocketed. You know, when El Santo retired, he teamed up with Gori Guerrero, Hurricane Ramirez, and, El so- uh, and Solitario, and they wrestled the missionaries and Pero Aguayo, you know, and it drew 25,000 people. Um, on a night where they were running, you know, huge buildings in competition against them too. And they drew, you know, a massive sellout, turn away crowd. And of course that was Rosanto. but the missionaries, they continued to draw for that success. And they were easily, the top Rudos were on top at the, during the, um, you know, in the early, not early eighties, El Toro, El Torreo, I mean, Hottest building in the world, you know, easily, you know, averaging uh, 12,000 people every Sunday for two, three years. And they were one of the reasons why that was possible. They were like the in the top mix always.
1: I'd be shocked if they don't get in because everybody we've talked to, including you, uh, yeah. always, always comes to the same consensus and and and, and, and makes it seem like it's an absolute mortal lock that if, that if you're, you know anything about Mexico, you got to vote for these guys.
3: Yes, and the thing was, is not only were they great draws, but, uh, you know, look at Negro Navarro today. He's gotten kind of like a cult following because of these uh, classic Lucha matches he's having. And people are realizing, geez, here's a 60-year-old man having these great matches, you know, um, classic Lucha-style matches. But he was doing that 30 years ago, you know, as a 30-year-old, fast-paced, awesome matches, and he wasn't even the best guy of the team. You know, so, I mean, they were all three excellent workers. So to you, this
1: is like a, this is a candidate, uh, the three of them, this is sort of a candidate that tick all three boxes. You're talking massive draws, uh, Mm -hmm. tremendous workers, and obviously highly influential with the trio style.
3: Yes. Highly, highly influential. Once the death missionaries got over, um, the Los Fantasticos came out. The Villanos came out. Um, you did you saw trios matches, but they were like guys thrown together. But after that, um, that's when we saw, excuse me, specific teams teaming up, being named, being given gimmicks that were similar. And for about a five or ten year period, you, there was half a dozen to a dozen trios teams that were, boom, main events every night. So. And that was due to their success.
1: So as far as uh, – so, so you would place them as the top draws in the ballot. G- give, me, give me one or two more uh, who are off of this ballot, if, if there are any, who were massive draws that can't be overlooked from that
3: perspective. Cian Car- uh, you know, Cian Carras, he should be too. Um, his run uh, in CMLL when he was uh, in the late 80s was huge. Um, his tag team with his brothers, uh, the, the Dynamite brothers, that was huge too. They were the top heels in Triple H You know, Triple A's first two years, which was a Hall of Fame run for sure. They were drawing massive business every single night. And Ciancarus also had the Hall of Fame. You know, uh, you know, a lot of the Hall of Famers, they have that one night that just puts them over the top. And when he went over Conan in front of 50,000 people, that was a huge night. Um, So he's a massive draw, just as a draw alone. He wasn't a great worker necessarily. Um, He was more than capable, though. He's one of those guys that gets a bad rep of being a horrible wrestler because people saw him, you know, people that are more familiar with him in the later part of his career, he was actually pretty good early on in in his career. Like, when he was working in Los Angeles, he was pretty good. Um, but, uh, yeah, he definitely needs to be in La Grada. he Carlos, Carlos La Grada, he had an awesome run in the 60s um, as the Los Rebellios. Those guys, big draws. They, like you said, he even headlined some of the anniversary shows. Um, Ramirez, he was a big draw, too, but he's, like, kind of like one of the guys that, a lot of their big stars in Mexico, they would work the main buildings for in spurts. They would work like Arena Mexico for like a two-month run, and then get out of there and work and take independent bookings all around the country. And he was one of those guys that did that, but he had a huge career.
1: They headlined against each other in the uh, the 32nd anniversary show in 1965. As a matter of fact, so there you go. Who's that? Uh, uh, LaGuardia and, and Hurricane Ramirez.
3: Okay.
0: Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I had a question for you, real quick. Uh, you know, we're sort of breaking down. If you had to, you know, only look at one category, in ring wise. I mean, obviously, very few people get in strictly on in-ring. in ring. Yeah. If you could kind of rank one through three, who, who would be the guys that, if if you're, if that's how you weigh heavily in this category or or in any category, who would be the one two three that are definitely your go to in ring guys?
3: The top three workers in Mexico that are on the ballots for this year would probably be. Tejano would be, well, yeah, should I list them together as a trio, obviously? Sure, yeah, yeah, that's fine, yeah. I, I would say the missionaries would be number one, because those three, you know, Tejano and Navarro were like, they were like Flair and Tolly being on a team together. You know, they were that good. Um, Dr. Wagner Jr., Villano three. Villano three was a world-class worker. He should be in. Um, he could He could probably get in on his work alone. Uh, um, but I would say, like the missionaries, uh, Ruano III, Dr. Wagner Jr. Next, I would probably put maybe Blue Panther. I know who would be at the bottom. That'd probably be Vampiro, would be at the bottom. <laughs> you no, know, so. It's interesting. Those, those would probably be the. The top workers. You
1: well know, it's interesting. While you were answering that, I was I was leafing through some more of these karloff uh, Lagarde uh, match records, and he he actually main evented two anniversary shows a decade apart. Uh, because then he yeah. uh, he main evented the forty second anniversary show against Blue Demon so you know you're talking about a, a, a 10 year span there in between uh headlining you know now was that that was, were the anniversary shows considered the biggest shows of the year uh during those time periods in the 60s and 70s or is that uh, just more of a modern were, thing
3: yeah they were they were looked at as huge shows but they they did a lot of week um where they would do two or three um anniversary shows like It'd be like a three month, a three week long celebration of the anniversary of lucha libre. Um, the also the other biggest show of the year would be a show around April, the end of April, celebrating um, the anniversary of Arena Mexico, which was like April, you um, know, the end of April. Uh, they'd also do a Lucheroth birthday party show, which was a big show. They also did the um, The uh, celebration of Mexico, um, the anniversary of Mexico, because I think it was it's in October or November. You know, the um, anniversary of the country that they would do too. So, but yeah, the anniversary shows were big shows.
0: A, a, a real quick question here as far as people that are maybe interested in, in, in getting to know more about Mexican candidates and is there a resource that you would sort of send them to or tell them to sort of okay so I have a general idea but I really want to learn more and I want to do a crash course on it is there anywhere in particular you would go where you just say you know go to YouTube and look these guys up is there websites what, what would be the best resource for someone that really just needs a crash course on a lot of these candidates I would
3: say probably the best crash course would be uh, Lucha Wiki um which is like a Wikipedia page for luchadores. It's a good resource. Uh, usually under most, you know, you type in a guy like uh, uh, LaGrada in there and you get a summary about his career. And a lot of times they'll show, they'll show you some historical facts. Um, uh, YouTube's not necessarily a good place because Mexico, you know, Lucha Libre wasn't on television for the most part in the 50s and 60s and 70s. Um, you get some stuff, but... You know, Mexico City had a. It was dark um, for 35 years. They didn't allow lucha libre on television. Uh, a few other places um, would be uh, the Cubs. Cubs fans, I believe it's called. It's like a. They they update weekly. They, they have weekly cards and things like that.
0: Lucha blog. Yep, lucha blog. Uh, lucha blog. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: lucha blog. Yeah. Um, there's a couple sites like myself. I, I could read Spanish pretty well. I can't speak it very well, but I could read it pretty well. So I, I go to like Box and Lucha um, message board, read that. Um, so yeah, but Lucha Wiki would probably be the best. Like if you wanted to get instant information on certain guys.
1: As we uh, start to wrap up, uh, maybe quickly, you know, you've only got five other slots available <laughs> for the rest of your ballot. Yeah. Who are some yeah. people you're looking at on the rest of your ballot, possibly throwing oh, some wow. votes at?
3: Um, let me see here. I got my uh, list right here. I, Jeez, ah, it's hard to say. But there's a few guys from um, Europe that I'd like to see, and I think Jackie Paulo needs to be in there. He was a huge star. Um, Big Daddy, I know a lot of people hate that guy, but I, I think just as, as just on sheer star power alone and recognize rec- being recognizable, he needs to be in there. Um, Carlos Colon definitely needs to be in there. Um, you know, looking down the list, there's a lot of guys that probably really need to look be looked at a little harder by a lot of historians and stuff. Even a guy like. I know, like, Dominique De Nucci, I know everybody knows him from WWF, but his run in Australia, he was a huge, the number one star, probably the top babyface in the country during a period of time when the country was huge. You know, they were drawing huge business. He was, you know, he was way over in that country. Uh, a guy that nobody knows about, King Kong Zaja. Huge star in Singapore, Asia um and he was a huge star in the middle east as well you know drawing huge stadium sized crowds he might be somebody to look at i don't know enough about him you
1: know, you know, I gotta, um, I gotta, I gotta say, it was either me or it was you or it was both of us who got him on the ballot because I, yeah. I noticed that you had mentioned him on Wrestling Classics, and I know that Dave mm-hmm. peruses that board even if he doesn't post very often on it, and yeah. uh, I had, I had mentioned him in a suggestion thread on the uh, Observer board, and I can't imagine than anybody else has been telling him about this guy uh, aside from me and you and it's and he's a real interesting one because he has these wild uh, attendance, claims that are out there drawing a hundred thousand, yeah. 200,000 against people like Dara Singh. And, and mm-hmm. they're just, they're just completely unverified and probably will never be verified. And, and there's just so little research on him, but you know, he's also, he drew big crowds in Japan with Ricky Dozan and and like you said, yeah. in the middle East and, and the Australia, New Zealand region. So he really is somebody who I wish there was more research. I just don't know if, if the, the, the potential research even exists at this point for him though.
3: I've done a lot of research myself just through researching huge crowds throughout the world. And, you know, I have came across a couple of people that are historians for that part of the world. Um, you know, the son of Wadi Abu, he, you know, who was a big name wrestler in, um, the middle East and Singapore, you know, he's got verifiable, at least, um, like newspaper accounts of big matches that he's had, um, in that part of the world and you know it's one of those things where you don't know if the guy was as big of a star as they say he was but just by reading the newspapers you get an idea of how big of a star he was so it, it's hard to say but like Carlos Colon for instance we've got enough information to, to realize that the guy's a hall of famer you know sure he was he maybe was involved in covering up a murder but you know maybe Vincent McMahon Jr. was as well so you know who knows
1: well, uh I have a feeling that King Kong Zaza is gonna get two votes at the most. One from <laughs> and, and one from you and then he'll quickly be off the ballot. But uh uh yeah. one more one more question to wrap things up. How do you feel about the new fifteen year, fifty percent rule in terms of people uh leaving the ballot at that point?
3: Yeah you, you know, I'm kind of on the fence about it. I, I see the merits of it, but at the same time I think a lot of Good candidates that they're, they're great candidates, and they probably should be, and they just don't just not enough people alive that know about them today that will get that won't get mentioned, you know. I, you know, and that's what's sad because I think the actual pool of people that are historians that actually know enough about these guys to place votes on them is it, probably less than a couple dozen people, you know, in you know in the United States. So who knows?
1: Sure. And then you run into issues where the people who do support some of these older candidates start to pass away, or they just, yeah. you know, they don't vote anymore because they lose interest, or Dave loses contact with them, or whatever the case may be. So uh, yeah. it, it becomes hard. I do think, though, that um, I, I don't know if you, let, let me ask you if you agree with this. I do think that the ballot is starting to get cluttered, and something had to be done.
3: I do. Yeah. And that was one of the reasons why I'm on the fence. I think there's a lot of guys that just are filling up spaces like, I, I, you know, Dick Murdoch, personally, I think the guy was awesome, great in the ring. A lot of my good friends, like Larry Matisick, love the guy, you know, just in, will say that he's a Hall of Famer through and through. I disagree a little bit, but, you know, he's been on the ballot for so long, has had so many opportunities. I think it's time that he saves off the ballot for a while.
0: Yeah, and, and, and one of the conversations we've had, and it's one, been one of the arguments sort of all over the web people are sort of very i mean it's very obviously a polarizing rule, and some people are coming up with the, the idea that well you know if if this guy meant to be you know if if, if he's a hall of famer, he'll get in right away, or you know there was yeah. I forgot the exact quote or whatever, but I'm with you that and, and it's similar to how it is in a lot of sports as well, especially baseball yeah. If these guys are kind of lingering around for like yeah, as you said fifteen years at that point, I don't agree that the first time they're on the battle if they're a Hall of famer because there's just not that's not possible because of the limits uh, yeah. on, on what you can vote, and it's not unlimited. But, I mean, when you get to this point where it's 13, 14 years and these guys are still hovering around, I'm perfectly okay with kind of looking at them and going, okay, it, it's fine. And, and people sort of mention, well, oh, what's the harm in having them up there? Well, a guy like you, who mm-hmm. is researching and studying and, and, and obsessively about this, I'm sure you'd be okay saying, look, I only have to look at 20 guys now instead of 40 or whatever. Because yeah. th- people do that every single... I, I guarantee... I, I know you for a fact. I know Dylan does. Yeah. These guys, every year, will research all these guys like it's the first day they've done it. And that's that's a lot to undertake. It'd be a lot easier if there was a little bit of a cleaner you know
3: yeah you get a guy like a wilbur snyder and a dick murdoch both of those guys you know they can make legitimate claims to be in hall of famers they're on defense with me personally as far as who you know if i should put a vote for one of them and a lot of times i see them on there and i just don't vote for either of them because you know i i think they're just borderline guys
1: yeah and i think and it, i i think the whole idea is is it, it it's look if they haven't gotten in in 15 years yeah. you know it's it's you know all the other sports eliminate Candidates uh, after, and the thing is, if these guys are lingering around the ballot, they're just taking votes away. I mean, look at it. it, it yeah. ties into our main topic here. The Lucha ballot is loaded with these guys who may mm-hmm. have votes thrown their way if people aren't still throwing votes at Dick Murdoch and Wilbur Snyder, who are just going to hover around forty five percent forever because yeah. people could then use those votes towards you know uh, other candidates on the ballot. So um, I, I don't really have a problem with the new rule either. It doesn't affect you know I I, I totally understand it. It you know it stinks for guys like Murdoch and Jesse Ventura and whoever else who've been hovering around that number, you know, seeing Carus is another one, but look, man, yeah. you know, we've had 15 years to get these guys in. And uh, yeah. so I, 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 really don't have a big issue with it. And I'm not going to be someone who's going to be strategically voting uh, to keep people on. I'm just voting for no, you know, my, yeah, my 10 guys who I think are the strongest or whether it's 10 or not, I, I still don't know, but I'm just voting for the people who I think belong. I'm not, I'm not going to strategically yeah. vote.
3: You know, when I, I, when I also vote, I also try to take the emotions out of it, too, because there are certain guys that I've gotten to know personally or good friends of mine or friends with, you know, that, I you know, they try to sway the votes with that. And the guy was a good in-ring performer. But, you know, I try to take that emotion out of it, too, and just try to do it, try to place my votes as almost like a, you know, like a project that you're working on, you know.
1: Yeah, and it's going to be interesting. It's, it's you know, it's like we said earlier. We we really don't know what this how this rule is going to affect things. My gut tells me that uh, there's 15 people on the on the chopping block. I think there's 15 yeah. total candidates. I should mm-hmm. say. My gut is telling me that they're all going to see some pretty significant jumps, and I think this rule is going to get some of them in because I think a lot of voters are going to panic. And, uh, yeah. and throw votes towards those candidates, and you know if that's the way it goes, that's fine. That's the way it goes. That that's my gut. That's what I think we're gonna see.
3: And it might persuade some of the voters too. That I know some of I know some of the uh, voters that would vote that would be in the wrestling voter voter category. Some of the old time wrestlers that may forget to to mail in their ballot to actually push them to actually mail in their ballot. I I know I know I know two guys, myself personally that are friends, that both vote and they're both, you know, they were both big stars in the seventies and eighties and they both forgot to vote. They were sent ballots but they forgot to vote last year just because, you know, you forget about it.
1: Sure, and some of these guys probably do not use email. Uh, yeah. we
0: are me and Rob McCarron, a uh, um, you know a reviewer of F4W and he's also a staff writer here at Voice of Wrestling we're we're always curious on how many people fax in their ballots i i hope yeah. you have any insights into that please tell me you do this is a, this is something we need to get to the bottom <laughs> this of Dave, is the this the number Dave of fax fax machine which <laughs> <laughs> how often does that fax machine ring in if you can work on that if you can stop worrying oh, about yeah. wrestling yeah, yeah. for a minute you know, get to what's really important is how many ballots get faxed. Thank you. Yeah, there. how many ballots get
3: faxed? We need to
0: get Please that. Please do, yeah, yeah, if you could. Thank you. Yeah. That'd be great.
3: <laughs> well, i call Brian that. right now.
1: <laughs> fax him and see if he responds.
3: There you yeah. go. That's- <laughs> i, I got to tell you, too, Joe, you sound just like Brian Alvarez.
1: Really? You think so?
3: <laughs> yeah. Have you heard I've, that before?
1: I've never heard that one before, no.
3: Maybe Man, it's the yeah, same thing
1: the voice or something. I, 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 I don't know.
3: Yeah, you sound a lot like the guy, so. Yeah. That's good,
0: because we just had a conversation on our last podcast that everybody says that every unmasked luchador ends up looking like Brian Alvarez. We don't, we don't think so, but everybody always says that, so it's funny now that that, that you do. Because we didn't listen to that, did you?
3: No, I, I didn't, but they say that okay, you well, look like okay. Brian Rich. No, no, what they say, try, they, not, there's,
1: no. there, there's a thing where every time a luchador gets unmasked, uh, people always claim that they look like Brian Alvarez, which I just oh, think that's okay. – you know when Volador Jr. was unmasked, and you know there was some yeah. other guy. Is it everyone the, the 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 instant comparison is Brian Alvarez? It's almost as if you cannot be a Latino male in wrestling. Right? They've, I don't think they've ever
3: right. met another Latino. So. And,
1: and not look no. like Brian Alvarez. So it, it, it's no matter
3: it's, what. No matter what Brian tells you, he is not Latino. He doesn't speak a lick of English. He lives hey, in.
1: <laughs> the the man's last name is Alvarez. So. Yeah, that's well, enough yeah. for me. It's so. enough for everyone to compare every unmasked luchador. To look Black up. hair, okay. it's okay. long. Here's, it's
3: kind here's of. Here's a little scoop for you guys. His real last name is Anderson.
1: Oh, okay. So it's yeah. a gimmick.
3: Yeah, it's a gimmick. Brian's Inch, a gimmick. In- oh, interesting. Wow. All right. well. This yeah. blows the doors off everything. Yeah, now you just, I still just... call him Chico myself, just because that's what I knew a as was Chico. A year, See so.
1: now, all these people comparing all these unmasked luchadors to Brian Alvarez look even sillier because you know that was just yeah. based in, on race. I mean, uh, you know, a hundred percent. and and the man have isn't. You, in...
3: Have you guys heard the story about when he had was pantsed in the ring? <laughs> if, not, if not, oh, well, please oh, do tell us. Yes. I thought it was it was a well known story, and you know, with, with with his followers, you know. So, um, it would there was a battle royal in in uh. Clo- in Cloverdale, British Columbia. And it was like a 20-man battle royal. And a few of the guys that were in the ring was Paul Lesendy, you know, uh, MMA fighter. And his tag team partner was Dr. Luther, from, you know, from FMW. And they decided to pick up Brian who was wearing, like, Brian had had maybe a handful of matches at the time. And they picked him up. He was wearing some Adidas, like sweatpants type you know, with his wrestling shoes and they just pulled his pants down and then threw him over the top rope.
1: You know, that's what you get for not having proper gear.
3: Yeah. Yeah. They were, they were <laughs> teaching him a lesson. So,
1: yeah. You know, every indie show has that guy who wrestles in track pants and a t-shirt. And yeah. uh, I, yeah. I, I, no, he, I, I think all of those guys should be depanted and tossed <laughs> over the top rope yeah. because they should get some
3: proper gear. He went shirtless. I'll give him credit for that. But uh, yeah, he, he had the, the Adidas pants on and, yeah, it was a great sight. He what was the best, and I Craig and I joke about this all the time, is that he was wearing like tidy whities too, so that made it even better.
1: <laughs> well now we know he's a white guy.
3: Yeah, yeah. They're the only one such people ever
1: had. That's now yeah, been verified.
0: Sure. Where did this podcast go? What are we? I know. Doing? <laughs> we went from Hall of
1: Fame to Alvarez.
0: that. Now we're just. Now we're just. But no, I love it. It's. We've
1: yeah. gone from Carlos Lagarde drawing breakdowns to uh, Brian Alvarez.
0: Well, I think. I think there is one more important question before we go, Matt. When are you going to be on the ballot? <laughs> never. Never. No.
3: You have to have. What if I write had, you in? <laughs> yes. Yeah, you have to have had success in order to be on the ballot. Oh, stop. Yeah. Yeah. I have wrestled <laughs> Brian a lot, though. So. That's success enough, yeah. Yeah, so. that's enough. We actually worked with Lucha shows together in front of pretty impressive crowds actually. So Well
0: there you go. There's your drawing power. Yeah. Influence. I yeah. mean you're, you're influencing people right now. I mean, I yeah. yeah I don't know, it's starting to get there. Yeah, there was a
1: good crowd there. Yeah. So <laughs> we're getting close. I mean yeah. Do you still work but, matches
3: occasionally or occasionally, yeah. You know, I was actually booked to work the show tomorrow, um, but my work schedule interfered. It was like a, a benefit type show in Portland area. Mm-hmm. And I, I had to cancel a couple weeks ago, but um, I I do work every once in a while. So maybe uh, I want to do it more often. It's just my schedule is pretty hectic for a while there on the weekends. So yeah, I, I think I'm going to get back into working a couple times a, week, a month, you know, so.
1: Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, uh, this went some places that we definitely didn't expect it to go, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, we definitely appreciate you coming on. And I'll tell you what, we might hit you back up to do another uh, region. You never know. So if you're open to that. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we can definitely look so to we can do start that. research
3: in South Africa because we, we need you you. to talk about South Africa and we Australia. Need you bad for that?
1: Yeah. yeah, we need. We might need you for that, that. Yeah, I mean, that's the one region we're having a lot of trouble filling. I mean, Dave, Dave tried to point us in the direction of a couple of uh, experts from from Australia, but we're having trouble, you know, uh, getting in touch with with those guys. So we we may need may or may not need someone to help us out with the miscellaneous category down the line.
3: Yeah, yeah, and also probably calling them would be a little trouble too
1: yeah mm-hmm. so okay. the, the, logis- the logistics the logistics <laughs> are pretty are are, are, are are still being worked out so i i
0: would we'll plan on, on knowing a lot about australia in the next week or so okay. <laughs> if, I'll do some research. if yeah. you could that'd be great matt we appreciate you joining us uh, obviously you can follow <laughs> you at twitter at matt farmer
3: 93 matt any closing thoughts before we get out of here no just uh thanks for having me on guys i appreciate it had fun
0: no thank you so again for matt farmer i'm rich grage and Joe Lanza. We'll see you next time on the Voice Wrestling
1: Podcast.
0: Take care.